is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hi, everyone. This is Amanda, and welcome back to Vocal Perspective. I'm here with Chris. Hello. And our guest today is Mason Van Giesen. She is an alumni of Amazing Blue, and now she's in a group called Vice out of New York City. She is also a choreographer, and she's working on bringing storytelling into acapella, which we definitely want to get into today. Hi, Mason. How are you? Hi, Mason. Hey there. I'm doing great. Hey. So we always like to start with the same question of, how did you get the acapella bug? Yeah. So I've actually been doing acapella for a really long time. I got really lucky and had a choral teacher in high school. Shout out to Brian Havercate. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go to high school? Where did you go to high school? I went to Clarkston High School in Clarkston, Michigan. Oh, okay, um, very cool. So I'm, yeah, I'm originally from Southeast Michigan. And my so husband's really, really from lucky. right there. Wait, really? <gasps> no lie. I'm showing her the, the hand, guys. The I'm doing hand. the Michigan the hand mitten. <laughs> Yeah, my husband is from Albion, just outside of Jackson. Yeah, yep. no, actually, when I was in college with Amazing Blue, we did a whole bunch of gigs up in Albion. <laughs> there it um, is. Michigan, Michigan is tiny. Everybody is, everyone knows each other. But yeah, I had a, cho- a choir teacher who was already pretty involved in the community and worked actively to make sure that his students had access to contemporary acapella. And this was, of course, you know, right in that time period where acapella was becoming cool again and the sing-off was happening. So the group that was founded at my high school, which was called Detroit Voice, which was our sort of gimmick was that we would exclusively do music that originated in Detroit. Obviously, there was no shortage uh, <laughs> there. Right. And that group was able to go down to the Kettering Acapella Festival, where the headliner was Delilah. And that was the moment for me. I was like, well, guess I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> See, that was the opposite moment for me. I'm like, yes, I'm quitting because I'll never be like them. <laughs> See, I had, the, I had the benefit of seeing them when I was, I think, 14 or 15. See, Amanda. My sophomore year of high school. Yeah, her so dreams like, oh, I have so Her many. dreams didn't get quite as crushed as all the rest of us. <laughs> We're like, oh, man, acapella's on TV now. We are done. Like, what else am I going to do? Oh, no, I love, I adore all of the girls in the yes. island. Count They're some of them so as friends. Good. But yeah, oh. watching them on TV, especially like Amy, when she came out with Dream On, I'm like, okay, oh. I'm done. That's it. I have, <laughs> fun fact, it, there exists a recording of not so capable 17-year-old Mason Van Giesen singing Dream nice. On with her high school acapella because I was like, guys, we have to do it. Delilah did it. <laughs> yes. And it was, it's it's not good. Like, I don't sound good on that. <laughs> oh. But it's out there and it reminds me of, of that time where I was like, this is this is the thing and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to take it really seriously and this is going to be my career. Oh, the joy of being young and having a digital footprint. I'm so glad oh, that yeah. 16-year-old <laughs> me did not have Facebook. Right. Like, whoa. I'm so glad that Facebook came out when I was 25. Yes. <laughs> I think about that often. I, I think about that often. I'm like, wow, I, I, I can't imagine having to be that smart when I was that young. All right. So moving right along. <laughs> so you did do acapella in college then as well? Yes. So I went to the University of Michigan, which was a, a choice that I, I will admit was influenced in no small part because of the <laughs> acapella community that exists there. Totally fair. Um, what, Ann Arbor just wasn't screaming? You know, it wasn't just the bustling <laughs> happened in college? Actually, it's a really cool college town. I, I'm selling Ann Arbor shirt. I really love Ann Arbor, Michigan. So shout out, go blue. But Go blue. Yeah, I'm, we actually, I'm our whole family is blue except for my side, meaning my whole husband's side. But our niece just, she's a Wolverine this year. So it's a little bit raucous in our house right now. We got some. Oh my goodness. We, no, not a Wolverine. I'm sorry. A 
Spartan. She's not a Wolverine. Ooh. She decided oh, not no. to be a Wolverine, and she's now a Spartan, well, and it went rough. So anyway, it's going to be, her mom won't even let her bring her green clothes home. It's oh, bad. Oh, man. Wow. Well, fun fact, I went to school in upstate New York for Hamilton College, but I actually am also officially an alumni of every school in Michigan because <gasps> I went to a Michigan consortium program in Japan. So, Oh, my God. So you can just say you're a Michigan I alumnus. I know, but technically my transcript came from Michigan State. However, it's all of the Michigan schools, including University of Michigan. So, yeah, it's really That's funny. That's the move right there. It's really funny when people are like, wait, why is Michigan on your transcript? I would have asked that. I would have been like, what are you doing? What, Manda? I'm Manda. like, I've only ever been to the airport in Detroit. It's fine. <laughs> Which, to be fair, the airport's fire. I, the Detroit I love the Detroit airport, airport. is amazing, and more places need the shuttle, the tram. And the little lights mm-hmm. that sing to you when you walk out to the parking garage. Isn't that the place that has the lights that like go do 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 I don't know. It may be. I have no idea. It's beautiful. It's a great place. We're all like, let's go to Michigan. Not... I'm, at the, I'm at the point in the pandemic where I'm, I'm feeling homesick. Yeah. So Not in winter, maybe. Let's hold off for summer. Just hold off. Yeah. So Amazing Blue, I'm assuming that is what came from the University of Michigan. Michigan because of blue. I'm assuming that's where we're at. Yes, that's where we're at. So in college, I was in Amazing Blue from my sophomore through my senior year. I made a made a pit stop with the Dixon Janes my freshman year. So shout out to Dixon Janes. And uh, so from my sophomore to senior year, I was a member of Amazing Blue. And there I served as our PR manager and as our very first ever performance director. Mm. As we decided to make a journey into, into doing more narrative storytelling and see what that angle could do for the group. And then my junior year, we tried this sort of cinematic thing and, and tried really telling a linear narrative, which resulted with us going to ICCA finals, which was an absolute trip. That was so much fun. And that for me really cemented, oh, like we can use this, we can use this medium to to tell some stories. And that's something I think I'd be really interested in doing. Excellent. So what's your favorite, where do you start when you are like, okay, we're at that point where we were ready to jump in. It Does it start before you pick the song? Or would you say that you like to, you love the challenge of being given the song and being told, all right, find me a story, Mason? Or is it more, is it better to, when it's coming at it from a story angle, to really think hard? before you choose the number? I mean, it's normally a combination of the two. I think that if you hear a song that immediately speaks to you and says, oh, I think I can subvert these lyrics and take this in a totally different direction than maybe the original artist intended, that can normally give you an angle that can create something really interesting and new. And sometimes you're like, you know, this particular topic has been really on my mind lately and I just want to be able to sing about it. And from there, finding the right lyrics is important. And sometimes it's four songs that will all swoop in to, to help you tell the story. But I think more often than not, it's a combination of the two, where you have that one little spark of inspiration that may come from a song that might already be a little bit linear, or a song that you're like, oh, I can totally take this in a very different direction. And then the rest will sometimes just start pouring in of its own accord. I really like that. Mason and I were talking before we hit record about my background in barbershop. And, you know, that's something that I feel the art is trying to do. It's been very literal. You were saying <laughs> literal, but it's been very literal in most of acapella even. And I think we sometimes, the story aspect of it is where you can help break people out of the literal ex- of listening to a lyric, right? Like if you can find a way to tell your story and not worry so 
much about the pronoun or the the person who sang it originally or the original movie that was it, it came from or the motion picture or the what I'm trying to think music video. I love the idea of finding something in the lyric potentially or not you know helping guide a experience we just watched the super bowl and i don't know how many of you caught the i watched the halftime <laughs> show i you know amanda and i have a mutual friend who made me really stop and take a minute and look at the weekend and and his pre- the performance and if i look at it from a storytelling perspective there's some pretty some magical moments that happened there were yeah when Absolutely. i really finally went oh but it was almost like he needed to give me a like a dissertation before <laughs> i watched it and that's my next question to you because when i went to icc and icca i covered it a few years ago and there were a few performances where i felt like had i not been watching this the whole season i which i didn't i had no idea what was going on but so many people were moved by it and i was like okay i don't get it <laughs> i'm missing something here so that's where we need to find for me so how do you how would you attack how would you attack that we have all had those swing and a miss moments where something gets in your head as being really meaningful and the advice that I always give to groups when I'm doing a clinic and I see a set that looks like this where you can tell it means a lot to the group (laughs) but the clarity is not necessarily reaching the audience is to find moments both in the way that you're moving and trimming the fat a little bit around your lyrical intention so that way you are you can show us and you can tell us right those are the two things that you can do to make sure that we know exactly what's going on and if there's things that you have to say well this movement means this and it's a metaphor for that and if you have to take four or five steps to get to the why there it is why did i include this then it might be too much And if you can pare that down and find a more direct path from point A to point B, then that may be an easier, more clear way to hook your audience in. And so when I'm doing clinics, often the work that I'm doing with groups that have either come up with their own choreography or have a story that they really, really are burning to tell, it's mostly about helping them find those direct paths that can make sure that the things that they want to say are being presented in a way that will reach as many people as possible. Yeah, I had an experience like that, let's see, Aka Open probably two or three years ago where we did have a set and it was really about someone being beaten down and some, like finding people they could trust to bring them back up. And we didn't do too much choreography because actually one of the girls got had to have mouth surgery two days before. So we had to we had to swap someone in for her two days before oh, or just wow. drop out. So we just, we kept everything really simple. So what we did instead was we did the spoken monologue right before to tell the story of what was about to happen and you know what four of the five judges got it everyone else in the audience got it one judge just did not get it she was like why are you still singing in the second song your solo was over that was the first song and we're like "Uh, no we're we're, did you miss that did you miss so sometimes it can be the repeat or the opposite of what we were just talking about right amanda like sometimes it can be no matter how well you explain it you can literally (laughs) speak it out but i think the intention is is the same You know what I mean? Like you may not win them all, but you have to make sure that the intent is there because it has to speak to you. So that's I mean, that's huge. And I think that's the first challenge. So if it speaks to you, winner. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen performances that they do all of these things and like they turn the lights out and they they do like color and pretty much backflips across the stage. And I'm like, that's amazing visually. But I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Because something has to set them apart, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily about how different can you be, but what elements do you feel like you need to incorporate 
in order to make your narrative work and sometimes sometimes you swing and you miss it happens I've done it I've certainly done it before and sometimes you swing and you get half and half and you get half of an audience and half of a judging panel and half the groups even you know (laughs) wanting your set to be the top and then another half so that's the beauty I think of this art is finding can you guys just even pause for a second and think of how many different acapella groups there are like I was thinking about that when she told us her name was Amazing Blue I'm like and then you said did you say the dick and the Janes like Dixon that's so cute yep. like Dixon Janes I'm like sitting here going can you imagine how many different interpretations of just anything that there has been and finding a way to make it your own like and then to have three to four people tell you that <laughs> the way you made it your own what, like we are so crazy what are we doing <laughs> so I like that you Mason are focusing on the story aspect because I think as a judge and as a performer it's a lot harder to attack somebody's story and to really get after them. Because, I mean, if you have a good story, you really have taken that time. Like, you're going to find yourself more successful than I think you are finding yourself well, swinging and missing. There's also an element of, and I guess this is a, this is at the heart often of, of why I find myself compelled to often do clinics with, with scholastic groups, is that we have to have a clear idea of why we're singing, especially when we're singing other people's music. Right. Is that if we are not finding ourselves personally connected to that in a way that add something in a way that brings something new to the table where's your why why are you like why are you doing it there's it's great to sound pretty and (laughs) no one's gonna fault you for that but singing is about what we can't just speak right there's the actor in me love that but i love that I need that in, written down. Yeah, well, take an acting class. It's, it's the first thing they'll tell you. But darn it, that's what we've been missing, Chris. Dang it! It is that thing of like, well, why? Like, why are you saying this? Why did you choose this song? And oftentimes, being able to present that information in a linear way is something that will unite your group behind a common goal. It will present a clear and unified emotional backdrop for whatever it is that you're presenting. And it'll also give your set, in a competition context, a life past, you know, whatever those four judges have to say. You know, you can go and then make a music video of it and see, you know, what that life past whatever competition you're doing looks like. And it's for you. And it's about what you want to say. And that's something that I think is really, really important. Yeah. So (laughs) I was going to transition into her New York acting life because I thought that was a perfect time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think I heard New York in the background and I got really distracted. (laughs) Yes, that would be it's the homecoming rush hour. I felt very excited. My heart heart started fluttering and I was like, I'm going to hear more. (laughs) All right. So we'll go from there. So now you find yourself in New York and you are in a new group and you're also you also do some choreography work. I mean, you're in the home of performing. I mean, a lot of people yeah. will call it LA, but I think the true performers like to hang out in New York City. So, how long have you been in New York, Mason? <laughs> so, I've been in New York for what seems like a million years, and also like I got here yesterday. But in reality, it's about two and a half years now. Well, the last year doesn't count because yeah, it, I, where have that, we even been for the last year? <laughs> the time warp between leaving college and and this moment in time has been incredible because of the just absolute wash of the last year. 
But you're keeping busy. I mean, Vice just, okay, I have to say it because Versa was actually interviewed for The Pulse, one of our other shows. But the fact that you all did a collaboration with, so your group is named Vice and you found the group named Versa and you sang something together just makes me giggle every time I hear <laughs> I love it. about it. Yeah, our percussionist, Denise, did a study abroad in London when she was still in school with a few of the women who ended up forming Versa. And so... We've been sort of sitting on that collaboration for a while because we knew we wanted it to happen because the naming obviously was just too perfect. And there are absolute delights. And we knew that it was it was just bound to happen. And so we found the right time. And it was it's actually been one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that a lot of the infrastructure for these sorts of collaborations, you know, as we've been having to get more creative in working just in our own group, we've been able to sort of extend that and and actually relatively easily do a lot of these more extended collaborations with people in places we had no idea we would even be able to collaborate with. And so we had so much fun working on the vice versa collaboration. So in normal times, which hopefully we get back to normal times sooner rather than later, what kind of things does vice do? Like what is the, again, what is the why for vice? Yeah. So vice was formed initially in 2019 as a group of sort of post-collegiate women in the city with the intent of performing at the ACA Open in 2019. And, you know, we we weren't sure, you know, we weren't sure if this was going to be a a long-term thing. And it took us maybe about a month of rehearsing together to decide that, oh, yes, this is going to be a (laughs) long-term thing. And so we performed at the Open. We took second place at the semifinal and then third place at the wild card uh so close and that then is, so close Chris that wow. is my life That's, <laughs> always, wow. always yes. second place and then after our sort of trial run at the open where we were able to sort of perform in front of people for the first time we started really really starting to think about making ourselves a long-term business I know all of us can relate to the fact that there is one heck of a stigma against women's vocal groups Mm -hmm. and especially women's vocal groups comprised of young women (laughs) where there is that assumption of like oh longevity is not going to happen for you it's just not going to happen you're going to turn 30 and it's going to be over for you you're going to have babies (laughs) you're going to get married you're not going to want to have goals that's absolutely i mean that's absolutely true there is that assumption that like oh you're you You are fighting an uphill battle right off the bat oh no i mean as soon as people found out i'm I'm pregnant like even some of my own bandmates were like okay so you're done i'm like no yeah and you're like no (laughs) exactly yes exactly Exactly. And so for us, it's very much been that contract with each other of we're doing this and we're doing this for a long time. And we're, and and so, we're going to show that you can do all the things like all yeah. the things. Well, because I mean, that's that's sort of one of the things that I really love about this group is that it is five women who are powerhouses all in our own right. So every single one of us has a niche set of skills. Right. We have an audio engineer. Sweet. That's like having the secretary at the school on your side. That's like (laughs) true. It's very and and it's made it a lot easier for us to transition into working on digital forms during the pandemic, which was, you know, not something that we had initially had on our docket. And then, you know, everything changed. So we changed. I can be in charge of a lot of the stage and visual presentation. We have amazing arrangers in our group. You know, I've taken over a lot of the video production. And so we're able to be our sort of own in-house production company. Hugely helpful. It's hugely (laughs) helpful. I cannot overstate how helpful it is. And so a lot of what we've been doing since we have decided we're doing this and we're doing this together is laying a lot of that groundwork for what does it mean to be a successful business in this industry. And it's about being very careful and very strategic 
with who we want to be and how we want to go about doing that. And so obviously there has been a huge learning curve that comes with starting a new business and understanding that it's five friends who are now suddenly making a financial commitment to each other. That's always and a who, big job. It is, it is. And that's that's actually sort of the place that we're in right now. Look at the silver lining though that's coming out of a pandemic. If we could have, if we could look back in time and say, if my group just had a little more time to plan or make these decisions a little slower and because some people in the group can make the decisions just like, I want that, I want that, I want that. And other people need to mm-hmm. stew on it a little bit. So look at COVID giving us a little bit of <laughs> trying to find all I mean, those silver linings every day. But I mean, <laughs> I'm jealous that you get that's this time truth. to set. I mean, Amanda and I are very similar. We have another group that's has never even sung in the same room together, but we've yet been yeah. paid for a gig. It's kind of weird. And it is, though, going to be incredible when we do finally yeah. get to be together because we've had all this time to think about what we want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing that I've learned the most about starting a new group in the past two years is that being very particular and not settling and surrounding yourself with other people who are very particular and will not settle is the most important thing that you can do, right? I think one of the things that has been so wonderful about being with the other four women in Vice is that all of us are incredibly intentional people and we are able to work together very intentionally. And so it is this really wonderful friendship that we've found with each other because I some of us knew each other beforehand, some of us not so much, and form this friendship that is able to be a really rock solid foundation for a business partnership. Oh my gosh, that's so important. I can't emphasize enough that you all have to be on the same page and you really have to take the time to make sure that you're not settling. Our professional group Snow Day, when we, I mean... Granted, two weeks before I got an email, I was like, I want to do acapella full time. So this is the abbreviated version. I want to do acapella full time. Two weeks later, I get this magical email from an outreach organization saying, we need to bring a new acapella group onto our roster. Would, would you be interested? And I'm like, yes, universe, thank you. Okay, your audition's in three weeks. What? I had three weeks to put it together, three weeks to find people that wanted to do it with me. And some of them knew it was just going to be short term and they were going to leave. I literally had to just like pick people I knew that could sing and could show up at the side audition. And then, you know, it took a bunch of years to kind of settle out and pick people that I really wanted to sing with and really wanted to share a business with because sometimes those are very, they're two very different things. And the beauty was Amanda had such a clear vision and she didn't settle, you know, and that can be really meet it or you're not going to stay. Yeah, it can be really hard when you bring five people in at one time. And you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're all super opinionated and all have, you know, just massive skill to bring. I am always just enamored at acapella groups, especially contemporary, not as I mean, when Barbershop can do this, it's incredible. I think they're all either married or or related when this happens. But I'm always (laughs) impressed when acapella groups can find a role, like each person finds their role and finds what they do well. And they trust each other and they just don't question it. I never question the arrangement unless the chord's just wrong, right, Amanda? Like, you know, like I I just, I come into that and I'm like, I will sing it wrong until Amanda tells me, oh, did I write that? I trust her explicitly, you know, like implicitly, I guess is the word. But I think that's a beauty rarely found and should be highly sought after. 
So I, I think Absolutely. I can't wait to see what Vice does because your foundation is there. You have all this time and the skill is obviously there. So can't wait. I can't <laughs> and wait. Sometimes it's not the people that you love the most dearly. And I think sometimes we all want everything to be a family. And yes, eventually it becomes that. But sometimes you have to look outside and sometimes you have to really be critical of the relationships you already have. Be like, yeah, we get along great. But... Are we still going to get along? Do our talents match? Do what we want matches? When money gets involved are we going to fight? Mm. Like, There's so much to consider. And yeah, sometimes the friendship has to come a little bit later. <laughs> and it, sometimes it's even important to say that up front. Be like, I mean, Amanda, come on. We can't say probably what our cup said, but like, it's true. <laughs> I really thought Amanda hated me. Like, I really just did not. I just really didn't think Amanda and I were going to be friends. And look where, look where we are. You know, I mean, I think it's just that's not the same as this. But I think it comes down to where you can you, you'd be surprised at who you are supposed to and meant to sing with. You, you'd be surprised at where you'll find yourself being the most successful if you really ask the hard questions and you really dig your foot in when you know it's what you want. Yeah. And all of this takes work. It is not always a walk in the park. And half the time it's free, people. Half the time we are, (laughs) more than half the time we are getting no compensation and it's hard to commit to uncompensated work. No, it, it really is. And so I think there's an element of faith that has to also be involved where you know these are my people and we're going to do this because we know we have these qualities about us that make this practical yep and we love it and we absolutely love it and we're willing to communicate with each other what's not working what is working what what you need what you think maybe the other person needs that they're not saying like and making those and making those accommodations for each other you know there it's it's about making sure that everybody feels as if they belong and making sure they do belong and I think in a small ensemble like Vice that's something that we've been able to tackle with a lot of success is making sure that our professional success is coming from a place of mutual support. Oh my gosh, I want to just like collect everything you just said, put it on a one sheet and send it out to every group that's like, because people come to you and they're like, oh, you know, you're you're in a small pro group. Like, how does it work? Well, sometimes it doesn't. And here's all the hard work that goes behind it. I hope that people that want to start a new group listen to everything you just said, because that's it. That's what it takes. I'm sharing this with all of my barbershop friends. there's so much we can learn here so the end of all of this madness is on the horizon what's next what are you hoping to get out of once we're allowed back out in the world what are we going to see from you yeah so i think obviously all this discussion we've just had about vice we are rolling we are we cannot wait to be able to sing live together again we'll be performing in the open again this year that's pre-pandemic being over but it's happening and we will also be really really making a push to start getting more involved with the community we want to be a face at festivals we want to be a face in the community and then also to to really get involved here in new york as well because this this whole thing happened you know sort of at a a place where we'd only been a a little baby group for you know a little around almost exactly a year when this whole thing started and so there's that element of like oh we want do we just want to get back out there and, and start getting back into these local venues that we had just started to build relationships with but i think it is also important for us to be involved with the acapella community because you know that's home it is and so there's nothing better (laughs) than the support that you get internally like when not that we need like a stamp of approval like that's not ever what i've been searching for but just like that extra little like lift yes Yes. go do it well and there's and there's so much to learn 
right? I, I think there's a there's a point where you never stop learning from people in the acapella community because it is such a place of diverse skill sets that even if you're headlining a festival, go sit in on some of the yes. classes. You got stuff to learn still. And so I think I think that would be that's sort of our next steps is is making sure that we have a nice robust set of gigs coming our way as soon as we can perform live again. And of course, putting out recorded material as well. We've been we were sitting on a little bit of a treasure trove of recorded material that should be coming out sometime in the next uh, year or so. So where can people and so find we'll be. all of them? Yes. So we actually have two singles available on Spotify or Amazon Music or wherever it is that you like to stream your your music. And so you can definitely check those out there. Just search for Vice Acapella and both of our singles will come up. Follow us on social media. Just at Vice Acapella and reach out. Reach out on our contact form on our website. We like to hear from people. Thank you, Mason. This has just been a beautiful evening to spend chatting with a beautiful human. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. And thank you for sharing your time with us. I hope you have a great evening. I hope it's not too cold up there in New York City. And I hope we get to see you and talk with you soon. Thanks for having me. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.